Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 641. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're free, including the postage and handling. I've got a strong message. I've got music and um, letters from people from all over the world. Right now, let's pray. Father, anoint this service. The entire world is uh, telling us that we're supposed to join together. Um, all the entire world government is saying that. It keeps speaking about an alliance with one another. <laughs> Father, <laughs> you have made it quite clear in, the, uh, in your word that you don't want any alliances. Well, you don't want your children to have any alliances uh, with ungodly people. And this Barack Obama is telling everyone, I'm going to bring everybody together. No, he's not. Father, he's not going to bring me together or anybody that hears your voice and commands, your voice commands them to not make any league with ungodly people. If people don't receive what we say, we're supposed to shake the dust or the dirt of our feet off at them and go to somebody that will listen to what you have to say. Uh, why would I want to join myself to people in this world where most of them are going to hell? I'm not going to unite myself to anyone that's going to hell, Father God. So the Bible tells us uh, uh, not to have any alliance with those that are going to hell. Praise the Lord. Lord, I pray that you'll make... Uh, your message clear to everybody today that you will definitely pour out your spirit upon me and let me say the right things so that the people in the world can be saved and so that the people in the world can beware that, that the soul that sins shall surely die and spend eternity in the lake of fire. Lord, rebuke Satan every way there is. And close every door to him and open every door to us that we may bring forth fruit to you, Father God. But this is the purpose, this is the reason why you saved our souls, is to bring forth fruit unto God. That's what it says in the seventh chapter of the book of Romans, Father, that's to bring forth fruit to you. Lord, I ask that you um, do all these things and uh, surprises uh, in the mighty name of Jesus that you'll do the, everything that I asked you for it was from your spirit and therefore I know you're doing it in Jesus name I pray and everyone says amen amen all right praise the Lord now here I am uh, I just can't understand why God um, chose me years ago to bring forth the gospel, but I see clearly now that um, uh, this just isn't anybody that I know of that's just speaking out clearly like this. And if they are, I wish they'd bring themselves forth so we could have an alliance with each other. And here I am to sing, Why Me, Lord? Why me, Lord? What have I ever 
done to deserve even one of the pleasures I've known. Tell me, Lord, what did I ever do that was worth loving you for the kindness you've shown? Lord, help me, Jesus, I've wasted it so. Think there's a way I can try to repay all I've taken from you. Maybe, Lord, I can show someone else what I've been through myself. On my way back to Lord, help me, Jesus. I've wasted it so. Help me, Jesus. I know. My soul's in your hands. Praise the Lord. Amen. Again, I'm going to talk about the Lord says that we're not to make any alliance with those that are going to hell. Now, the Bible states that most of the world will go to hell. And therefore, the Lord says, separate yourself from the evil people of this world. Those that have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ are good. And the devil is doing everything in his power to make him look evil, make us look evil, because he wants uh, everyone to make an alliance with Satan. And Satan has been thrown down to earth, and he knows that his time is short, and therefore he's really full of wrath to Christians because he knows that we will make no alliance with him. He's trying to do everything to break our will and uh, to say, okay, uh, the Lord says we're to give no place to the devil. That's Ephesians in the New Testament, chapter 4, verse 27. And um, the Lord commands us to separate ourselves from all the world. 
the fleshy people that love to uh, love sin to separate ourselves from all evil to give no place to evil to satan to give no place in other words to the devil but for us to resist the devil uh Barack obama who's trying to get us all together for the vatican and god will um make the devil flee from us that's james 4 7. so the lord says give no place to satan but for us to resist the devil and he will flee from us and he does that's james 4 7. it's good to say this because uh, many um, motion pictures and television pictures uh, are saying we need to get together so that we can all live peaceably on this earth. Well, the only way that there would be peace is everybody got together and said, let's serve the Lord. But that isn't what these devils are telling you to do. You can see plainly that they're attacking the Christian churches because they don't want to live as one with them. Uh, they all are fornicating and uh, committing a serial polygamy, but they don't like anybody that gets married and supports the children. So we need to get together, they say, and of course we're going to be the bad guys, we Christians, if we don't want to get together with Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan, you filthy, rotten, lying dog. Every time I see one of these Obamas or Clintons come out with all their rhetoric, that's all it is, because they are saying anything that they have to say in order to be able to be voted as um, President of the United States. And the people, they know that the people in the United States they call them cattle. They call you people cattle out there. And you are. You follow them like idiots. And you know very good and well they're lying to you. And it seems like you love liars. That's why all the people in the world that are liars and that love lies are going to spend eternity in the lake of fire. Uh, so let's get together with Satan, they're saying. And that's going to give him fuel. Well, we say we're not going to get together with the devil that's what that's doing is giving fuel for Satan's ability to say that we're not willing to com compromise the gospel. We're not willing to say, oh, all right, uh, yes, uh, Satan will compromise with you and become one with a bunch of you anti-Christ devils. The answer from me and other Christians is I draw a big circle and then I put the word uh, I put a, a cross right through it a slash right through it saying just say no just say no to getting everyone together because it's not going to work all the nations of the world have their differences and the people in the nations have their differences there's too many people that have too many differences. There's too many people that are of the devil. And there's just so few of us people that are of the Lord. All these people have different cultures. And a lot of them are very evil. 
most of them are, even the people of all nations and the people of different cultures. Most of them are evil. The Bible says so. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way that enters into eternal life, but broad is the gate and wide is the path uh, for people to go if they want eternal destruction. What the Bible tells us to do is uh, witness and testify to them uh, so they'll become one with Christ, one with God, one with Jesus. But there isn't. But that isn't what the world government wants. Uh, that isn't what the beast wants. Uh, he's decided to do. That isn't what he's decided to do. They want to make everybody one in the Antichrist beast. For everybody to be evil and to do their own thing as long as it doesn't break their evil laws. But nothing is going to change uh, the law of God. As everybody's going to have to stand before the rigid law of God. When everybody was uh, speaking the same language back in the Old Testament, when everybody had gathered the, uh, together, they decided to build a tower to heaven because they wanted to go up there and take over heaven because they figured, we've taken over the earth. Now let's go up to God and show him who's who. Just like that little kid the other day that wanted to uh, die, go to heaven, and kill God. Uh, what a moron and what morons all these people are that are gathering together in the name of Satan. But God didn't like that idea. So uh, Jesus, Father God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit decided in heaven uh, that um, to confound everybody, all these evil people were, that were deciding to do that. So everyone again spoke the same language. So they... Uh, God didn't want them to all speak the same language because their thoughts were very evil. But everybody gets together, and everybody that just vehemently studies uh, different languages, they're trying to be able to understand everybody in the world. Why would they study to know other languages when they don't want to study what God wants? Study what God wants in your own language. You think that you're going to be a good testimony uh, when you learn Japanese or German or Italian or whatever? doesn't make any difference because you're not going to learn it that well anyway. And even if you did uh, and you don't know the Lord and you don't know how to witness, you don't know how to testify, what good is that going to do you? Because you've been saved. If you're a person that's been born again of the Spirit, You've been saved to bring forth fruit unto God. All these people uh, gathered together to kill God and uh, take and take um, take over heaven, take heaven over. There's always been the Lord in the world, and there's always been Satan. Now. Uh, there has never been a time in the Bible where both of them agreed or got together, except 
when they got together to go and raid heaven. And there never will be a time like that because God, all he has to do is say one word and you're dead. He's pulled the breath right out of your body. So we just have to have the resolve that we're going to have to win people's souls to the Lord rather than to join in with their evil ways. The Lord and that God can give them the power inside of them. You know, we decide to do that. Well, God will give us power inside of us to do what he wants us to do. If not, everybody that is opposed to God will be destroyed. So that's why God sent us into the world on a mercy trip here to get everybody. Uh, we have um, to get everybody to believe in God. Otherwise, they're going to hell. So if you have any mercy in you, even though these people attack uh, Christians uh, like myself and like those people over, I know I'm, they're saying that I'm admitting that I'm a, a polygamist. There's no way on earth that they could prove that. I mean, I'm not a polygamist. If you think I am, prove it. Call all the different marriage agencies in the world and see if I have a marriage license to anybody. Do that. And besides, even if I was, uh, it's lawful. And the people that are against that, it's unlawful. Well, you're saying, well, why are you preaching about that? Why? Because many people are going to prison because they are that, and there's no condemnation on that in the law of God. A woman can't have many husbands, but a man can have many wives. That's Bible. And if you don't like the Bible, well, then you should just throw in the towel and say, I'm going to hell. Because God doesn't like people that don't agree with his word, his law. That's the law. There's the Leverett law that says, you know, if you have a wife and kids and your brother's wife had no children whatsoever, no men, a man-child, and the man dies, well, the man's brother, the Leverett Law, and the Levites were the law. They were the uh, priests. That woman had to pack up all of her baggage and her hats and hat boxes and all that and come over to the brother's door and knock on the door and uh, tell him my husband died and uh, I'm going to uh, move in so that uh, you can uh, have a child by me in memory of my husband, so that his seed will never die. So you are going to be the father of my husband's child. Now, that wouldn't matter if the man had three, four, five wives, or 10, or 15, or 16, like many did in the Bible and uh, in the New Testament. So you'd have to marry her. And the first, the first child she has that is a man, it belongs to your brother. That's the law of God. So right there, it's a law uh, for people to be polyg polygamous. We don't do that today. 
I could care less if anybody is a polygamist. I'm just preaching the Bible. I want people to receive that. I would suggest that you really don't have um, more than one wife. Because if you had more than one wife, you're going to have more than one mother-in-law. And uh, some people's mother-in-laws are okay, I guess. But man, if you had like, say, 10, 15, 16, 25 wives, you're going to have 10, 15, 16, 25 mother-in-laws. And not only that, uh, it's legal to marry a woman at puberty, which ranges from about 11 to 15 years old. But who would want an empty-headed little 11 or 10 or 11, 12, 15-year-old, 16-year-old girl that doesn't even know how to hold a conversation? I would suggest that you don't be married to one of those, but the Bible suggests that you do get married to a young woman. A virgin has to be a virgin unless she had sexual experience with somebody before. She was unsaved and she repents and is never going to do that again. Then she's just as clean to be married as any uh, virtual virgin. All right. That's uh, these are things that the average person doesn't know anything about because they don't know the Bible. All they do is listen to these false preachers and teachers and evangelists. So, I mean, I cannot see being married to a girl that's still playing with baby dolls or somebody that hasn't got enough sense of how to cook. They don't know how to sew. And they don't know how to take care of children. They know how to have a child, but they don't know how to take care of them. So I am very much telling everyone that especially the way that the girls that have become women because they've reached puberty, I would suggest very much that uh, this culture is very stupid. In Europe and other countries, people know how to speak five languages. Over here, they're still playing with baby dolls, and I would not suggest that you get married to them because... And they've been trained to go ahead and commit fornication. And you're going to have a lot of people, women are being beaten because they commit fornication because they're so ignorant that they don't know that jealousy is the rage of a man. And if any other man touches them, that they're going to be beaten or uh, whatever. And then in the middle of the night, the woman gets the idea that he beat me. And so she gets a gun, not after, even after she's committed adultery with uh, many men or even one. And because uh, the movies teach that, television teaches that, the government teaches that, the government teaches that little school kids can have sex with each other and they even provide uh, a place in the locker room of a gym for them to go in and have sex. They give them birth control pills and condoms and everything is just the way the beast wants it. Do you expect Christians to want to join ourselves to people like that? So this little girl, she says, man, I saw in the movie that it's all right to kill my hubby. And I see it on TV all the time where a woman kills a man for beating her. And so, um, she says, he beat me. 
And so the judges say, ah, and the people in the world are saying, ah. Um, in the, uh, the Bible, it says if a woman commits adultery, she's to be killed, not just whipped around a little bit. Okay? She's to be, uh, killed. And, uh, on the day that she's married, if there isn't proof that she was a virgin, and they have to show a sheet from the bed, uh, if she wasn't a virgin, then she's to be stoned to death. Now that's the Bible. But of course, uh, Jesus said, whichever one of you people here in the United States or anywhere, uh, that is without sin, you cast the first stone. Well, everybody's with sin, except those of us that are walking in the Holy Spirit. But what I do is I just let God take care of that nowadays. Uh, they're going to meet God soon enough. And these whorish little girls that are committing uh, fornication and then going to abortion parlors, which are like slaughter pens, and they uh, commit murder. They kill their own children. So they don't realize, I reckon, how evil they are because the, the whole government says, come on, everybody join with us. Come on, everybody, and join with us. Go to hell. The blood of Jesus is against you, liars. Don't try to recruit me to join your wicked, evil ways. All right, now we have uh, some letters, right, this year? Yes. This is just my opening uh, commentary, so stay tuned so you can hear more controversy. I'm controversial today because I'm not like the devil. You people are, and so, you know, you just think this is evil. Uh, we're living in the day and age like the Lord talked about in the Word of God. In Isaiah 5.20, it says, Woe to all you people that call evil good. And good, evil, like you're closing churches down and everything. To those of you who put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter, woe to you. When God says woe, that means you're going to hell. There isn't any more woe that a person could have than to be boiling in lava forever. Uh, for all eternity, it's never going to end. So if I were you, I'd get a little bit of fear of the Lord because the Lord says that the whole duty of man is to fear God and keep his commandments. Amen? Amen. So let's do that. Huh? Let's join together and do that rather than follow this uh, scrawny-looking basketball player into gathering every satanic person together. I'm going to bring everybody together. No, what the Bible says is not everybody uh, is uh, going to heaven. As a matter of fact, most will not. Most of you people that are hearing my voice will never reach heaven because you are too unwilling. You've been brain damaged too much by the media, by television, magazines, books, movies, and the government that to do good is evil and you really believe that and that's sad because but uh, if you listen to my program enough you'll be able to gain enough strength from the word of god which is spirit and life 
to be able to pull out of your insanity. Okay, Sharon, go ahead. Let's read uh, some. Where's the first letter from? From Kenya, Africa. Okay, what do they have to say? Dear Pastor Tony, I bless the Almighty and the entire Trinity for the glorious and prophetic time we're experiencing in the mighty and tremendous work of our Lord Jesus, who is soon going to be revealed. Receive mighty and glorious greetings from me and my fellow distributors. We receive the newsletters, Messiah books, and Bibles you sent for us, and we thank God so much that we are pressing forward with the work of God. In addition, we thank you for the t-shirts and sweatshirts you sent. May God bless you and the entire Alamo Christian Ministries worldwide. For your information, Pastor, in the process of distribution, we have encountered a lot of testimonies about what the Lord is doing to his people. Very many servants of the Lord have read your Messiah book. And also, God has enabled us to distribute the literature in different kinds of institutions. Due to this, there is an increase of distributors, and we glorify the Lord so much. Hallelujah. Therefore, Pastor, we request more literature, Messiah books, and Bibles. Surely the gospel of the kingdom of God must be preached to all creatures. Thanks in advance. Yours affectionately, Fred Wanyoni from Kitali, Kenya, Africa. Oh, all right. Praise the Lord. Well, now then, do you have another letter? Yes. Where is this one from? This is from Ghana, Africa. All right. Let's hear it. Dear Pastor Tony Alamo, God bless you and keep you strong with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name, you and all the members of the Holy Church in our Almighty God and our Lord Jesus Christ. The only way that can happen for people to stay in prayer. Uh, you know, when I get up in the morning, I have to pray to the Lord to find out what it is that he wants me to say. And a lot of times during the day, because I'm staying up there with him, he tells me different things to say on the program uh, the next morning. And then I confirm it by praying to him and paying the Lord a visit, uh, just talking to him and asking him if these things that you told me the night before are the things that you want me to say. And, and he confirms it, and it just gives me so much confidence to be able to talk to you folks. Okay, go ahead, Sharon. Thank you so much for continuing to send me your world newsletters, because I know you're a man of God. The Holy Spirit teaches you how to explain the Word of God, and thanks to you I have learned about his holy word and how I can come close to the Lord and learn how God wants me to live in this evil world. You teach us his way and his will and how to obey him. Please keep me in your prayers. Love your brother in Christ, Emmanuel Basaki from Ghana, Africa. Okay, praise the Lord. Now there's a lot of um, phonies. Uh, devils that are teaching people that chapter 7 of the book of Romans uh, shows us that we can sin and uh, get by with it. But um, that isn't what that chapter 7 is saying at all. Let's uh, just go back. We've been reading quite a bit of that lately to uh, verse 1 of chapter 7. Uh, know ye not, brethren, are you, your brethren, your uh, people of the Lord, for I speak to them that know the law, uh, the brothers and sisters. Now, the people out there that are living in sin, they don't know the law. If they knew the law, they'd know that they're going to be, uh, slung into hell if they don't repent. But it's Paul here is talking to Christians. Know ye, my brethren, how that the law has dominion over a man 
so as long as he lives. So if we're going to be free from the law, then we must die. That's what he's saying. We must die with Christ, uh, but Christ died on the cross. All right, so that's a, a very strong statement that uh, the law has dominion over a man so long as he liveth. So we have to go to the cross and die with Christ because we can live our life no more. If we do, then the law has dominion over us. Uh, in other words, we're going to hell. So a lot of people teach that uh, Paul is talking about we can sin in uh, verse 7, that it's impossible to keep the commandments. That isn't what he's teaching at all. You have to read the first part here, and you have to read the rest of the Bible to see. God doesn't write in the whole Bible that the soul that sins shall die, and then says it's okay to sin. Uh, uh, God, you have to take the Bible as an entire message. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. So we don't want the law to have dominion over us. We know that we have to keep the law, but we can't because he's saying, you people can't because you're not, you haven't died yet. You're not walking in the Holy Spirit. And you're still sinning. And if you think you can still sin and get into heaven, you're crazy. You could say the sinner's prayer a million times. But if Christ doesn't enter in, and if you don't begin letting Christ live his life in and through you, well, there's no possibility for you to get into heaven. The minute you sin, the law has dominion over you. doesn't matter who you are or who you think you are, who you're going to be or whatever. The law just... Uh, Tells you that you're a dead duck because of sin. Now, he's going to explain it. You have to really pay attention to the word of God and not think of it as nothing like you are. You're nothing, but the Lord is something. Verse 2, for the woman which has a husband is bound by the law to her husband. Now, women that are... Um, not saved, ah, they don't care nothing about that. That doesn't mean anything to them. They're not bound to any husband. As a matter of fact, they think they're men today. Women's lib, you know, uh, which uh, God is not going to uh, go along with. So she's bound to her husband as long as he lives. So uh, this husband that you don't like, uh, because maybe he's got a big insurance policy you see on TV uh, or in movies that they want to kill him for the money. There's so many in detective magazines and so on and so forth. But if the husband be dead, she uh, is loosed from the law of her husband. So as I said yesterday, there's a law of the husband. Verse 3, so then, if while her husband lives and uh, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. 
But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, that particular law. She's free to marry because she doesn't have a husband anymore. He's dead. And so she's free. And that's the way the Lord sets us free from the condemnation of the law. Not to go have um, fornication or commit adultery with a woman. But, or a woman to be able to commit adultery. No, you're free from the condemnation of the law so that she is no adulteress. But if she, while she's uh, married to Christ, that's what we have to do. The Lord likens marriage uh, with the man and a woman here on earth uh, to being married to him. We can't sin against him. And you can't sin against your husband. That's the law. But if your husband is dead, you can remarry. And you're you're no adulteress then. Though she be married to another person, that's okay. But when she's married to that other person, in other words, we're going to say that's Christ because we must be married to him. And uh, whatever we were married to before, if it's a man, uh, you're married to a man or you're married to a woman and she wants or he wants to continue sinning, well, uh, then you're married to Christ now. And so you're not to be married to somebody that opposes Christ. And if they do and they just uh, flaunt it in front of you, and say they're never going to serve the Lord, well, then you are free because you're married to Christ now. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, because you marry Christ, and now Christ and you are one body. So you become dead. Um, You are you become dead to the law by being married to the body of Christ. By being being married to Christ, you're dead. So uh, it's more important for you to be married to Christ than any other, than anybody else. That ye should be married to another, even to him, Jesus, who is raised from the dead. So, man, what a husband that is, is for you to be married to a person that's been raised from the dead. That we should bring forth, for what reason are we raised from the dead? And that we become dead to uh, our old life. And that the law has no more dominion on us because we're married to our husband. And the Bible says, which is Christ, and the Bible tells us to do what our husband tells us to do. Learn only from your own husband, the Bible says. Amen? Amen. So to bring forth fruit unto God, to bring forth souls unto the Lord for being 100% for what he says. Doesn't make any difference what public opinion is or what uh, Barack Obama or any of these other idiots say. You know, my boy was telling me that it was said, I don't know where he got it from, 
but he said that there was a prophecy stating that there would be a Muslim flag over the White House by 2010. And if this guy is put in there, there you are, because his own pastor told him that he knew all these things that I said, uh, you know, this, um, that he's a Muslim. And then he said, Farrakhan is the greatest voice of the day. Farrakhan is, um, he needs to be saved. He's not going to make it into heaven. He's a rebellious, uh, very rebellious person. And this man, Barack Obama, sat under his ministry now, I found out, for 20 years. He married his wife. He married both his wife and Barack. And he baptized their children. And it's very hard for anybody to believe that he sat under this man's ministry which says, you know, to hell with America and kill Whitey, and that he doesn't know, uh, he didn't know anything about it. And as far as uh, Clinton is concerned, I have absolutely no use for her either. I'm just saying that anyone that's running is uh, of no value whatsoever. We need to be uh, theocrats. We need to be uh, for God. Not just for the United States of America, but for everyone in the world. We have to get all the Christians together because Christ is coming back to earth again. And he's going to pull everybody that's a Christian out of this world. He's going to pull us up to meet him in the sky. And the people that are here on earth, you know, both rich and poor, kings and queens and everybody's going to be screaming their heads off for the rocks and mountains, praying to God, drop the rocks and mountains on us that we can hide ourselves from the wrath of Jesus. So, you know, if you don't read the Bible, you think Jesus is the same way that those false prophets are telling you that Jesus is. But when we were in the flesh, in other words, we were not in the spirit, we were not resurrected with Christ, we were not married to Christ, we were married to our, the world and ourselves, our self-will, the motions of sins, which were by the law. Well, what do you mean? The motions of sins, which were by the law. Well, when we read the law, we see that, man, we're sinners. We've broken many of those laws. The motions of the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. Because when we read the law, we know that we're dead ducks unless we go to somebody that can relieve us from being dead ducks. Now here, Romans 7, the Apostle Paul is talking about um, that we can't sin. So they pay no attention to this right here because we're dead ducks if we continue sinning because we're under the law. So the law did work in our members uh, to when we read it to bring forth fruit unto death. But, verse 6, but now we are delivered from the condemnation of the law because we're walking in the body of Christ. We're married to Jesus now. And, of course, Jesus is, uh, doesn't sin. And if we're married to him, then we don't sin. He's not going to be married to a hag or to a sinful uh, wife 
we're going to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And so uh, we're delivered from the penalty of the law. That being dead from our old life, uh, from uh, the law, because the law slew us and we know that we can't sin anymore. Wherein we were held. We were held by the law. That was that we should serve in a new way, the newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter of the law. Because the letter of the law, it, it tells us that we're dead unless we're walking in the spirit. Verse 7, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? <laughs> no, the law tells you what sin is. Okay, and Paul says, is the law sin? God forbid, no. I had not known what sin was before I saw the law, but by the law, before I read the law, for I had not known. I never even knew anything about that. I was dead in my sins and trespasses. I did not uh, know lust. I didn't know that I was lusting or that it was evil uh, until I read the law. Except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. Well, it also says, thou shalt not commit adultery, shalt not commit fornication, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But sin taking occasion by um, the commandments brought forth in me all manner of concupiscence. Now I realize, my God, I'm a sinner. I'm on my way to hell. For without uh, the law, sin, there was no such thing as sin. Sin was dead. So without law, you can go out and sin and do anything you please. And that's what people are doing in the world today. They're doing whatever they please. And Paul is saying that. And then how do you turn this into that uh, these false teachers and preachers are saying? See, even Paul couldn't keep the law. That isn't what it's all about. That's not what he's saying. For all the way up to here, he keeps saying, we have to uh, not sin anymore. And we can't do that unless we're married to Jesus, unless we're resurrected by the Holy Spirit from the dead works that we do. Verse 9, for I was alive without the law. Man, I could do anything um, I wanted to do. I was a sinner, for I was alive without the law at one time. Once, I was, but when the commandment uh, came, Sin revived in me. I realized what sin was, and I died. I died my the life I was living. Verse 10, and the commandment, which uh, was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. Death of my old life, because I have to Sabbath or rest in Jesus, the word of God. Verse 11, for sin taking occasion by the commandment. In other words, I started knowing what the uh, sin was, and I learned that by the commandments, by the law, 
deceived me and by it slew me. So it's not me that lives anymore. I'm now uh, born again of the spirit. I'm a spiritual man rather than carnal. Verse 12. Wherefore the law, I read this over to you three, four times yesterday. Wherefore the law is holy, the law of God, because it tells us what sin is. And the commandment to be saved is holy and just and good. Verse 13. So he's saying that that's holy. And no man shall see God unless they become holy. Verse 13. Was then that which is good made death unto me? No. It just showed me that I had to die out to the life I was living. God forbid, he says, but sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good. Because I see now what a good is, and so I realize now I have to die out so that uh, I, I'm no longer under the penalty of the law. That sin, by the commandment, might become exceedingly sinful. But I died from being a sinner, and now I'm alive in Christ Jesus. Verse 14, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am, you know, before I'm received, before I was slain, I'm carnal, sold under sin. Verse 15, for that which I do, I allow not, as I don't want to allow it. For that which I would, that I do not. This is what the carnal man he's talking about. But what I hate, that I did, I do when he was carnal. But he knows he has to, he, he died, he says already, it slew me from being carnal. Verse 16, if then I do, before I was saved, that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. So if I do that which I would not, in other words, if uh, then I do that which I would not, I consent unto uh, the law that it is good. I give consent unto the law. It's good to know that. Verse 17, Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. And therefore, my I have to, me has to die, and I have to take Christ into me so that I can keep the commandments. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, uh, I without the law I find not. Verse 19, for the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. And that's what happens when you read the law and you see that even though I want to do good, I can't do it because 
I am uh, bound under the law. The laws tell me that I'm lost. Okay, so what do we do then? Uh, at the end of the chapter, he uh, Paul says, I thank God for Jesus Christ. And then the first verse in chapter um, 8 tells us, Therefore there is no condemnation to those that... Uh, are not in the flesh, that they have been slain by the law. There's no condemnation to me anymore because I'm raised from the dead. I'm no longer in the flesh. I'm in the spirit. All right, so I see my time is up, and I'm going to continue this um, for tomorrow's message so that you can know for sure that Paul isn't saying that we can't walk in the spirit. We have to die uh, out in our flesh so that the law has no longer any dominion over us. No condemnation on us. All right, so it's time to pray. And uh, right now, let's uh, pray to the Lord, because we want more and more of Jesus, more of God. Say to the Lord, my Lord and God, have mercy on my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God and that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father, God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart and I invite you, Father God, Lord Jesus, Father God, Holy Spirit, into my heart. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me, because there's no forgiving of sins unless I have faith in the blood that you shed for me to take my sins away. Uh, enter into me. Wash these sins away, Father. Uh, you will not turn me away. You will save my soul, I know, because your word says so. Your word says that you'll turn no one away if there's uh, they call on you. Therefore, I know that you have heard me. And I know that you have answered me, and I know that I am saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. All right, now, um, just raise your hands up and praise and thank the Lord. And uh, get a King James Version of the Bible, the old King James Version. And Sharon, uh, tell us how we can receive a copy of this program, number 641. It's free, including postage and handling. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479-782-7406. All right, praise the Lord. This is World Pastor Tony Lama saying tune in tomorrow for another instruction on how to keep your soul right with the Lord one day at a time. And here I am to to sing for you farther along. We'll understand all this, but we better understand it now. That's why the Bible tells us to read the Bible farther along.
Way.